there are enough people looking for exactly what you offer right now. You should never worry about that. It's not your job about finding those people. I'm Christine Hansen. I'm a business consultant and coach to help people start and grow business online. The biggest piece that you need to have is self-awareness, which is so difficult. And that's why personal development is so important, because you need to know who you actually are and who you're actually not. What do you think is like one lesson that you had to learn in order to make it this far? The word surrender is a big one. And I really, really have to laugh because I do absolutely believe that if you listen to yourself, to what speaks to you, to what is right to you, you never have to worry. Without further ado, welcome, dear future creator. How did you get to the decision of actually getting into making business your business? Because you, you've got like, you've had your journey, right? You started <laughs> like, and for people that are listening to this and don't necessarily know, you started as an English teacher. Yes. And then now you're again rebranding into like business. Yeah. What was the decision of making that rebranding and switch? So I think subconsciously it was probably me needing to prove myself first, you know, um, first. in terms of having a successful business before I could teach it to others. I was really fortunate because in the very beginning of my journey, when I decided I wanted to become an entrepreneur, I landed on Skillshare. I don't remember why. I think it might have been because I was sewing before and I had a sewing class on there and I googled around and I saw a free class by Seth Godin, who I'd never heard of before. But it's Seth Godin is marketing guru. And I think it was still based on the purple cow, which is like 10 years ago, more that he published this now. But everything he had to say about marketing, I adored. I loved it. And I loved all the courses that I took. I loved the strategy of it. I loved listening to, I mean, when I started, it was very much bro marketing, click funnels, lead pages, um, all of those things. It was very strategic, analytical. And I liked it. I really did. And I enjoyed the whole process. And so I think that's part of why my businesses were successful, because I managed them very well. At the same time, obviously, I had my skill, you know, sleep, my topic that I needed to develop. So I developed the sleep like a boss method. I did the research, coupled something completely new together. Um, and it worked well, but it wasn't making me entirely happen. So what I noticed was that at some point when I saw in my schedule that I had a client session, I go like, ah, oh. and I was like, ooh, that's very similar to what I happened when I was a teacher, when I had to go teach, you know, I loved, in the end, as soon as I went through the door and I was in front of the classroom and saw my students, I loved it, but it was always getting up and that moment before entering the classroom was like, oh, and I felt that coming up and I was like, I don't want to do that again. But I also knew I love this business. It's working very well and I worked and it's serving a lot of people. So I don't want to let it go to waste, which is why I decided to create a team. And once I saw that I could franchise it out, the next idea happened. Why don't you sell it at some point and focus more on business building, which I love. And as it then happened, I had a year long mastermind with my friend Kendra Perry for health coaches only. So business coaches for health coaches. So it wasn't official. We pitched it at one conference, sold out, had all our people. And it was, <laughs> we were supposed to have live events too, but it was the year where the pandemic started. Um, but that year 
just proved me how much I knew from about business and it was what I needed it was this self-validation and also because I had coaches where I was just really disappointed a lot of the time I mean the online business coaching world is a is the wild west you know there's just dazzling sales pages and not a lot of results so I was I was happy and I knew I could answer every question I could get results I just knew it a lot and that was what I needed and that was what gave me the decision to restart and the first year I didn't do much I officially stopped working with clients with Sleep Like a Boss still handed the transition and I started under the radar kind of with my new business but I didn't really go all in like no big launch or anything like that it kind of just started to happen and it's only this year well, I wanted to do retreats, so all of those kind of didn't happen. And so I think uh, now it's just what is what is. I don't focus on it too much. I don't pressurize on it at all. It's just who I am now, and it was a logical consequence to what I love doing. If if we if you think about and look at your journey mm-hmm. throughout the different things, and especially now that you are in the business world, well, as a business coach, what do you think is like one lesson that you had to learn in order to make it this far? <laughs> I have to laugh as I say it. The word surrender, I Ooh. guess, is a big one. And I really, really have to laugh because as I started this journey, um, it was, it's, and every entrepreneur will know this, it's a self-awakening journey. You suddenly come across personal development. I never heard of personal development before I don't think Luxembourg is a very big personal development place um and but you do have to do it at some point you know and it comes into your life and it changes your life and I have to laugh because in 2019 I did my sleep like a boss mentorship retreat where I trained my team in Bali and it was tough that month it was in October because I had a lot of payments that were open and hadn't come into my bank account yet and yet I had a lot of bills to pay as well so there was an overlap that didn't quite happen and I was so stressed out and I was with my event manager we we shared a room in the villa in Bali and we were obsessed with oracle decks you know and it was hilarious because we had two decks and we would lay our cards every evening and I would get exactly the same message no matter which card deck no matter who even pulled them and she would get the exact message but a different one obviously that worked for her which was really creepy but the biggest message was surrender and I would be like I am surrendering I'm surrendering and it's something you just can't force but it will come and I think that's the biggest thing that I worked on very very hard with coaches as well to really trust the process to be smart about it too but also to be willing to lose your ego maybe you know and to say okay I might have to freelance for a little bit but I trust this process and it everything has always worked out you know maybe not in the timeline that I wanted it to but once you understand that, you are a lot less stressed. Um, your pace slows down and it picks up when you need it to because you're motivated. That's also part of my human design, which is a different story altogether. But it's figuring out how I work and trusting that process has served me immensely. And I would never have done that before. Before, I would have thought you do need to do everything linearly. You need to have your schedule. And that works for some 
for me, it doesn't. And actually realizing that and trusting that that has been the biggest change, but also because it exhausted me before and because I had my hopes shattered a lot of times or investments gone wrong because I trusted other people's processes, which are totally valid, but not for me. So do you have a process right now? Not really. I guess that is my process. My process is really taking a lot of time off, which is weird, but actually not panicking when I don't have anything on my schedule in terms of I always have constant things, but not big projects. And then I always know that's when something sparks. And then I work very quickly. Um, that's my rhythm that I've gotten to know. So in a way, I always have a baseline process where we create, you know, constant content that my team knows. I never stress them out because they know this will come. We batch things. And that way I feed Google <laughs> and YouTube and everyone. Um, but the projects, instead of planning them out necessarily, I really trust the phases where I don't have a lot on that I have those ideas and it, I just I just do them. Or I reach out to people or, you know, I look for collaborations and I don't overthink it again. And that's what I'm this year, what I'm completely trusting because the last two years, all my plans have really gone up in flames due to external circumstances. And I don't want to be in that situation again. So this year is the first one where I really am like a little bee jumping from flower to flower, which is whatever sings to me. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so far, I, I like I'm very that. happy. <laughs> I like that because I, I kind of relate to creativity there. And it's like you can't force creativity. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And so when it happens, well, you, you, you still have a choice. You still have a choice. Absolutely. So you still have a choice to, to act on it or not. And if you find your process through that and like just wait for it, but surrender like it sounds it sounds plausible now i'm gonna be completely honest with you i'm not like that <laughs> no that's totally fine which is why i work with people who are not like that yeah. so my team especially my assistant she's very linear and she'll be like christine you need to do this or you need this and deadline coming up in two weeks or something like that but she knows that she either tells me two weeks in advance or she tells me it's tomorrow and then it's like, okay <laughs> Or in an hour. And, and then like, she knows that okay, you're going to... Fine. <laughs> you're going to do it. Yes. So talking a little bit about your book and also like your, your, your experiences, um, one of the things that struck me was the branding. And the first message that you say is the branding is about you. I would love if you could explore <laughs> on that. Yes. No, I think um, it really came to me because in general... I think the old school of branding and for a certain industry that might still work very well. If you have a huge company, for example, it is based on assumptions. You imagine or you assume who your perfect client is and you tailor your message, your visuals towards what you believe is attractive to them. And in the end, that can go incredibly wrong. It can be incredibly expensive. And what I've found is that if we switch it around and we're actually really egocentric and we go from, actually, I'm just focusing on what I really know for sure, which is what I like mm -hmm. and what I don't like. And that way, there is a very big shift of dynamics and of power because you choose You choose what you want to show. You also choose very clearly in your messaging what you don't work with, deal with, what your values are. It doesn't matter which industry you work in. And you will automatically click with the right paper. 
And I love the image of, and it's based on Anne Lamott's quote of a lighthouse is always fixed. It shines its light, but it never moves. And that's how I see a business because we have so many people in this world, so many people with internet access or even offline that, you know, there are enough people looking for exactly what you offer right now. You should never worry about that. It's not your job about finding those people. They are looking consciously or subconsciously. Your job is to show up exactly the way that you like. The way that you are is a different question, but the way that you want to and that you know works for you and it will click with the right people. And that way you won't have to go through the process of figuring out that actually the people that you thought were your perfect clients are not your perfect clients at all. Because I've gone through that. Pretty much all of my clients have gone through that. They've developed something and after the six month mark, they were like, actually, you were right. <laughs> you know, it's not who I thought it was. And if you shift that around and make it about you and how you love to serve people with character traits rather than a demographic necessarily that is for me authentic beautiful branding that's also long lasting will it change yes of course because you will change um, but it won't leave you with regret or with clients that you actually don't like in the end because I find that happens a lot of the time too so it also acts as a filter towards the people totally. that you work with because yeah. they are not attracted by solving their problem, but they are attracted by your character traits that exactly. are a match or like are liked by them. Exactly. Because let's be honest, everyone could get everything from at least, I don't know, a thousand people um, or Google. Um, <laughs> takes more time, but you can get pretty much everything online. Yeah. So the question is not necessarily the content that you deliver. It's how you deliver it, who you are, your style of explaining things, how you work best, you know, in terms of what kind of people you work with best. And that's how people choose you. And that's also why I say there's never competition. And the best example is when we look at network marketing, where everyone has exactly the same product, exactly the same marketing material, and yet... Some people do a lot better than others. And if you look at those, they are because they're very honest. They're very, you know, they show their facets. They show their diversity. They're also good at strategy, but they would never, never be successful if they only used strategy and only the marketing materials they were given. They always infuse it with their particular life story. And I think that's what I love doing, you know, and it's a beautiful challenge too. I love that. So you add actually story like your own personal story towards your business, yeah, which is yeah, which like, makes it less businessy and more personal, actually, as exactly. well. Exactly. It's like, you know, if you get a taco kit or a fajita kit, everyone can get the same and you have the secret spice, you know, that's kind of how I see it. It's it's going to, if if you had blind tasters, they would all go to, ooh, this one, you know, that's because that's your flavor. How, how do you do that in your own, like, give me a life example of your own business? I think my current business represents it very well. My branding is exactly what I like. You know, I'm a little bit more, if you go to my website, it's 
it looks a little it's a little bit vintagey it's a little bit luxury it's it's like I really imagined it the way that I would want my digital home to look like you know so it's it has this great Gatsby kind of vibe-ish maybe so it was really important to me to have it represented that way if I did, redid it now it's like two years old now and I changed my mind every three years or so so it will probably change soon again um but that, the aesthetics, are very much what I like personally, what I really liked at that time. And I was very clear on that. And then also, if you, anything I produce, you will, I mainly use my vo voice and video because that's where I'm the most direct, I guess. I don't edit myself. If I have to write, I don't like it. I don't like writing. But if I have to do it, which I do exactly, the book is based on written word and I had a ghostwriter in all this transparency. Um, but if you look at my social media, which I all do by myself, I, I insist on writing my own social media because I don't want to just create content for content's sake. I really want to say something if I have to say something. It's all written in what people also always tell me. It's I can hear you speak. And that's my greatest compliment because I'm very direct um, and also when people read the book, the biggest feedback we've gotten was, I can hear you speak, you know, I can hear you talk. And that is everything that I do. You will immediately know, oh yeah, it's so you. And that's my goal really, because people will like it or they won't. And that's totally fine. Authenticity. Mm, I guess it is. Yes. It's a big word, authenticity. So <laughs> yeah, but one, I wanted to get back to you on one thing that you said, but you didn't can quite um, elaborate on it but I but I was cur curious about it is that you when you are in business you are who you like but not who you are what does both. that mean I think it's both I think you choose first of all the biggest piece that you need to have is self-awareness which is so difficult it's very and that's why personal development is so important because you need to know who you actually are and who you're actually not and that takes time and then do I show all my facets all the time no um I am a sparkly person I guess like I'm a human generator by human design so I like when I have good vibes when I have and that's my power really is to motivate people to inspire people something that I didn't know I do consciously until I got more into it but that's really where I shine where I can make the biggest impact so things these things I like to share do I share when I have a really rough day I will tell people that I'd have them, but I won't go online and do a story where I moan and whine all about it, you know. So I do filter a little bit in terms of what does this actually, how does this help others, you know, or is this actually something I want other people to invest their time in? I'm very respectful of everyone's time. So I will talk about the challenges for sure. I'm not saying I'm always perfect at all. But I do avoid a vibe that would drag other people down as well. I don't see the point, not meaning that I don't have them, mm -hmm. right? So I think that's what I want to say by that in terms of you do select. I Probably I would like to say that you select what serves others most through your own I love that. brilliance. <laughs> I love that. For creators themselves and entrepreneurs, what would you say is the best content strategy for them to... <laughs> switch or like convert their um, followers if they have a big following into 
clients or product buyers? It's an easy and a difficult question. If we look at it just simply from the math and strategic, it's video always. And I, I love video because you can easily take one piece and convert it into a gazillion different things. Mm -hmm. I also happen to like video. So for me, it's the easiest flow. You know, I create one piece of content and then I have my team take it and they do their magic and I can use it and repurpose it as an audio piece, as a written piece, as social media pieces. So, however, I am very much aware that for some people that is not their zone of genius and it will never be. And there we have the discussion, comfort zone, Yes, do stretch it, but to some extent, where where does it just not make sense? You will never love it. You will never be great at it. So I honestly think, again, go from what your zone of genius is. If you are a brilliant writer, some people claim that blogging is dead. I don't think so. I honestly think there's still a community of people out there who love reading online line obviously you will have to take a different channel on how to promote it probably rather pinterest than youtube you know obviously but if you're really great at this write you know if that is your jam if you really cannot stand yourself on video then fair enough use podcasts and just writing i honestly think it depends on who you are and using your zone of genius and we all have one like yeah. we all do um it could also be through your art, you know, I mean, we have these beautiful new tools and softwares that can help you with that. I know so many artists who paint and just record their painting processes. You never see more than their hand, but it speaks to for itself. So I really think there is a way of doing things for everyone. Um, but obviously, when I work with people, I do encourage them to use video. It's just people see you, people hear you. It's a quicker connection. If we talk about conversion, it works very well. When when we talk about creatives, let's just say again, creatives. Uh, they are content creators online. They are they have a following, but they are afraid to receive money. Ah, I love money. Yes. How do you think about money? How do you, how do you see money in like in your personal life? And how would you like teach that or teach a money money mindset towards mm. your clients? So I always say that I love money and I want to make lots of money babies. That's basically my philosophy. I never, it didn't used to be that way. Um, for most of my life, I wasn't conscious of money. Let's put it that way. Like, yeah, I knew, of course, everyone knows money is important, but I never, it, it, I kind of took it for granted. I'm very fortunate enough that I never had a lack of anything. Then I had my steady government job, everything. It just was there. I didn't really think about it. Um, and then obviously as you become an entrepreneur and if things are very different from a regular paycheck, you have to work on money mindset, which is something that comes in and you're like, oh, money mindset, it's like, it's not very sexy. But once you get into it, it's very interesting. And I think my first person that, well, the first person that really made me aware of it is Denise Duffel Thomas, which is, who's like the guru, um, her book is called Lazy Bitch, I think. And it, it, she really dug into how do you actually talk to money? How, what do you think about money? And then I read another book that changed my life, which was Tapping Into Wealth by Margaret Lynch. And she goes through all these different scenarios. And I was like, oh, my God, I have so many of those. In terms of that, having a lot of money equals being corrupt in a lot of ways. I remember my people or my parents also being like, don't 
brag, you know, when people were shy, showing off, it's like, oh, no class, you know, nouveau riche, all of those things. And that kind of makes you internally, subconsciously, consciously really struggle with money. And the typical pattern that I had was like, if I had a lot of money, I'd spend it all. <laughs> I was never a saver, never. Um, so, yeah, I it the most powerful change that I did and that I also teach my clients is actually become financial literate in terms of how much money do you actually need not many people know what they actually need in a year or even in a week they have no idea what they regular spend on groceries for example they have no idea how much all their insurances cost all year long they don't know what subscriptions they have until the bill arrives you know so that intake was incredibly painful but incredibly important to really calculate and have a baseline because when you have that baseline you start to understand that this is your life this is your job it's not favors it's not being greedy it's actually you know I need to make this every month just to pay my bills to pay my taxes and to also have a life that I enjoy and it also helps you, and I talk about this a lot when I talk about pricing, uh, to stop comparing. Because I know that everyone goes around and compares with 10 different other people who do the same thing. And then, but they charge this much and they charge that much. Like, you don't know. They might never need to work. They might have a huge trust fund. They might live somewhere where rent is like, what, 500 bucks a month. Not the case here. So you cannot compare until you have your own baseline. So I think that is the sober kind of part that comes in, the non-emotional part that really helps though, that really sobers up and starts to take yourself seriously. And then we go into all the stories. And interestingly, I actually have a course on the matter. It's called the Money Mindset Journaling Journey. And it combines seven days of journaling about money. So I give prompts and I show how you can journal in a fun way. And I ask all these questions, you know, and invite people to make a mind map on what are your thoughts with money? What are your memories with money? What are your goals with it? And my clients all have to go through that process because it's really, really important and it's life changing. I love that. I think uh, it's one of those that we all have, but we don't necessarily know you don't know what you don't know exactly, exactly. and uh, that really like mixed with a stable job we, we actually never think about it no we never think about i don't it. think and people can't relate to it either um and you it changes you a lot when you go out of that bubble you know out of that mainstream you think differently, you see things differently, you value things differently. You're also much more critical towards things. Like I'm such a critic when I go around and I look at marketing, when I look at service and I look at things, I'm like, you know, I cannot stand it if it's not well done. Um, but I also respect a lot of people a lot more. I value it a lot more, but I also value my own skill a lot more, you know. So instead of shrinking, which I might have done in the beginning where I didn't take myself seriously with what I did, now I really know my skill and I'm not afraid to say, you know, I, I'm actually really, really good at what I do. Um, and that I would never have done before, you know. And that I think is a great life to live. Let me just like get back on that. You <laughs> value your skill more. How come? I think is it because, because you put a, a, a price tag on it? 
yeah, and because I know the worth of it, you know, how much I can deliver. And I love to remind people in terms of how much time can you collect from someone. That's, I think, the best formula to not boost your ego, but to boost your self-confidence. If you had someone, it's what we touched on before, everyone can go to Google and learn everything. The investment is time. If someone asks you, your brain filters the information in nanoseconds and spits out the answer immediately. That time collapse is what we monetize, you know, it's what you put your value on. And I feel the more experience you have, the more you people ask you a question and you just answer and they look at you, oh, gather those, you know, challenge those, put them in your little treasure box. And I do screenshots all the time of love notes where it's just, like, I love this. Oh my God, that was so eye-opening because I forget, I take it for granted. And that's what creators do. They take it for granted and it's not, it's not normal. And I love coaching people that way and just showing them this is not normal. You knowing how to do this not normal. You're knowing how to teach this, not normal. That is, you know, in a society where we grew up and only having doctors and lawyers and bankers and teachers being, you know, the equivalent of successful, it takes a lot of rewiring. I, I love um, I love that. And one of the things that came into my mind as you're speaking, <laughs> as you're speaking is, um, which is one of the things that is actually encouraged nowadays lately, quite a lot which is like share part of a journey because you never know if that mm-hmm. part is something usual or yeah. not <laughs> yes because yeah. people don't know and like obviously on one side you are creating a community because those com- like we are creating a community because people will understand how you work and they will be invested in you but on the other side it's also the fact of like showing your skill and showing like building in public mm-hmm. basically what is then the difference with <laughs> You know the question, right? No, but I'm a little bit afraid of what it will be. <laughs> Come on, you know. It's cultivating an abundance mindset. Oh, cultivating an abundance mindset. Again, we go to surrender is a huge one. Not worrying, just trusting. Obviously, not just manifesting. Like, you have to actually do something. But I think abundance is a word... I don't like the word abundance for some reason. I think it's because it's been overused and just in really weird ways. Um, And it's not always true either, I feel. Like, I really want to make it very clear that you cannot just trust on everything coming to you just because the word is abundant. That's not how it works. And I feel a lot of people sell it a little bit that way. But I do absolutely believe that if you listen to yourself, to what speaks to you, to what is right to you, you never have to worry. You obviously need to t- then choose to take action on it. You need to be courageous and then trust the process and it will absolutely work out. But you have to play with it. Like you have to be active as well. You cannot just do your affirmations and trust that the universe is going to send you the lottery ticket. That's not how it works. So I do find it's important to marry the two. Without action, there is no... Yes. We yeah. can't. We cannot just live in our thoughts. No. <laughs> um, so if you think about creatives, if we think about like your entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial journey, uh, what were... 
what is like one of the biggest misconceptions that you had about that you had to <laughs> like get out of the way from your own journey so you had this initial thought you had to change that you had to accept it surrender it and now yeah. you live with that i think patience is not my virtue and i was convinced that if I invested and if I did, I could shorten the process. You know, when people tell you it will take a couple of years, I was like, no way. You know, I have resources. I'm, I'm smart enough. I can do this. I have fun doing that. And yeah, no, it's not how it works. And I even tell people now when I work with them, I can't, I won't promise you a 90 day result or anything like that because we're working with physics, time quantum physics success is always momentum momentum however you spin it is increments and they start small and of course you can you know quicken this momentum process by hiring people to help you by avoiding mistakes by having mentors etc but in the end the momentum still needs to build so as un how do you it's like a word that they always say unpopular opinion or you know as unpopular this might be there is no way around it and I had to learn it the hard way too and even for this new business it's not a new business I mean it's been in the works it's been in development for years but even I had to remember I cannot push this you know I cannot there's literally nothing I can do yes I could be on even more podcasts maybe I could write more articles but I don't want to you know so just really trusting again and saying okay it's working in its pace the momentum is coming the book is out and I've just realized I've been on eight podcasts that have come out this year looking at that this month this year has had four months so far that's not too shabby I'm like okay it's all happening and I think that's something that you forget when you don't see instant gratification results mm. you know so but take those little increments they are growing they are building that momentum that is going to come that however the only thing that allows you to for those to come are one thing that we all don't like which is consistency <laughs> consistency for sure absolutely you have to there's always action involved and again, unpopular opinion, but financial resources. You need to be able to sustain yourself financially yeah. before you can really calculate on your own income. And I think that's what a lot of people do. They absolutely, and I saw that in that course that I told you before in that Facebook group, those people were like, I invested and I need to make my return on investment in the next 30 days. The sales page said within 90 days, I will make 10, 20,000, 100,000, 200,000. It's just like, this is not how it works, you know? Like, yes, what is being taught here is absolutely valid, but, you know, you either need a huge audience in order to get those results or it's just not possible, you know? Mm. It will take time. And I think that's where I'm always wary when I have people who kind of, I need to make this work in X, Y, Z months. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, I cannot promise that. I don't want to. It's not honest if I do because I've seen it firsthand it doesn't work that way unless you already have a big following um or even an audience from somewhere else and you can take that with you so I think that's really 
keep a part-time job, make sure that you have savings that will last you for at least three months longer than you would think, or don't hesitate to accept money from someone else. I think that's also where our ego and pride comes in, where it's like, well, it's not my money, so it's no, if you have resources coming, it's money pushing its way towards you. If your parents say, okay, you can live here for free, you can, we will finance it, that's fine. Don't snub it. It's money saying, hey, I'm here, you know. It's like, don't say, I don't, you're not welcome because you're not from my business. That's bullshit, you know. So I think that's also a big shift in how we perceive money. There's, we perceive it as in good money and bad money and it's okay if it's from a drug deal maybe it's not good money but if it's like from a genuine person or from a place that is absolutely legal and valid take it you know it has to be legal by the way (laughs) it has to be legal (laughs) (laughs) then it's you know don't snub at it you know i guess that's what i want to say so just make sure that you have the financial resources in the beginning yeah, it's, it all comes down again to being literate on how much you need. and Yeah. Which I, I felt like, like since I've been on that journey, I think that's like the biggest like um, realization I had throughout the things that I can control, mm-hmm. which are still outside of me, like yes. me and Kevin, like and what I do with inside of my head. <laughs> it's more like this is what I need in order to live the life that I want. Yes. And like becoming like having an Excel sheet. Like, this is how I do it or whatever, like, on <laughs> yeah. Notion of, like, how much you have. Like, like I think that that is, like, much more eye-awakening. Yes. Eye-awakening? Awakening, I guess. I guess, yes. I guess. <laughs> Eye-opening, yeah. Eye-opening. We are at the end of our mm-hmm. conversation. So I have three final questions. Okay. The first one is, what is the best advice that you've ever been given? Business-related or non-business-related? Whatever you want. Oh, dear. The best advice. I don't want it to be corny. Like, be yourself. Um, If that is is it? No. Yes and no. I think the best advice... Okay, if we talk about business, because I think that's what I live and breathe at the moment. Um, I think it's what I really live by and what I talk about what we did in the branding part um, is to really understand or to own the fact that your only job is to shine your light, you know, is to show up and shine your light. Shine your light might be to, it's a for people to share your message, communicate, whatever you want to call it, and trust that people will find you and connect with you. Because I honestly think that's setting you really free in the business world. It shifts the dynamic of people who get to engage with you and it gives you the higher ground, in which is so important as a business owner, especially as a coach. So, yes, I think you're not a lighthouse hobbling towards the sea. Be the lighthouse. That, I think, is what I love to live by right now. Love that. What's the worst advice <laughs> that you've ever been given? Oh, God. <laughs> I had so many. Oh, God. Um, the first one that pops into your mind is... Invest everything into Facebook ads. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's a, that's fair enough. And the last one is for our special audience, for our creatives. What is the advice that you would like to leave them with? The piece of advice that you would like to leave them with? Don't judge yourself when you're tired. 
and don't consider rest as being lazy. That would be my piece of advice. Rest is just the calm before your storm when you need it. I love that. I absolutely love that. I want to say thank you, Kristen. <laughs> thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I love absolutely everything about the conversation. Thank you about the book. Mm -hmm. And uh, for everyone who's listening to this, <laughs> the book is called We Mean Business. We and it's available, I guess, everywhere. Pretty much everywhere. Um, Amazon, of course, but also local bookstores here in Luxembourg. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for the amazing questions. <laughs>